Hello and welcome to the State Champs Hang Time Michigan Show Companion Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Kuhn and joining me as always is Lexi Ayala. Hang Time is presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports, including women's basketball. Athletic and academic scholarships are available. Recruit yourself at l2athletics.com. State Champs W's Hang Time Michigan is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA is looking for officials. Visit MHSAA.com for details. The Michigan Army National Guard, the official military outlet of the MHSAA. The physical therapy and sports medicine pros of the Detroit Medical Center. Check out our Game Changer segment designed to make you a faster, stronger, healthier athlete. Segments debut Wednesdays across the State Champs Network, including our State Champs TV YouTube page. Please give them a like. If you are in pain or injured for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. I'm Lexi Ayala, and this is the companion podcast to our State Champs W Hangtime Michigan Digital Show. We've got highlights and the information on some of the best girls basketball coverage on State Champs, including a preview of some of the best games in the state and my hot topic of the week. So check it out on our website, statechampsw.com. Joining us for this week's Chalk Talk, sponsored by the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, is Kevin Richards. He is the head girls basketball coach at Gross Point South. He is a BCAM board member. Welcome to Hang Time, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. So I want to ask you about your experience last summer. You took a 15-under boys basketball team to an AAU national championship. Your son Carter was on the team. That must have been pretty amazing to have your son no, on the team. It- no, it, it was fun. Uh, you know, I hadn't coached them, and you know, at, with COVID, I had coached them all the way, all the way through. And we traveled throughout the country while he was in middle school, and obviously eighth grade uh, shut down. And uh, he played varsity basketball as a freshman, but then ended up getting hurt and only played in th- the first three games. And it was such a short season, so uh, you know, it was nice that he had that that season and. It was a lot of fun coaching him and a, a lot of his teammates. And the NBA's LaMelo Ball sponsored the team, right? Yeah, yeah. He sp- sponsored us last year. Uh, it was uh, um, with the help of uh, former uh, UAD Titan star and, and former NBA star uh, Jermaine Jackson. Uh, with his help, um, we were able to have that team last year. So it was a lot of fun good experience coach I mean that's sweet to get LaMelo ball to sponsor your team was I want to know was there any big baller brand you know swag coming no, your no, guys' there's way there's no big there was no big baller brand but uh you know the, we we did have you know J. Cole Dreamer shoes and you know we had some nice uh Puma one of one uh you know short you know shorts uniforms so uh they were they're were very uh very kind that's awesome, Coach. And you've been a coach for many years now. Yeah. When did you think that your love of the game, for the game of basketball, came from? Where did it start? I uh, really started with my dad, my father. Growing up, um, I just kind of tagged along. He wasn't a coach, but you know, he was always playing pickup basketball three, four days a week. So, um, kind of started there. Uh, I had a great mentor. Uh, my senior year, Tom Falco, who's actually got me 
involved in BCAM. He is also a board member. Uh, he was at my varsity basketball coach at Marysville, and uh, he inspired me to go into education and, and be a teacher. And, um, you know, I went into education so I could coach basketball. Coach, can you give us a little insight, too, on how your basketball coaching journey started to now? Uh, well, first of all, I, I mean, I started, I played basketball at a community college, St. Clair Community College, and then the assistant coach at that time, uh, Kip Jones, took a job at Coleman High School, and he was the varsity basketball coach at Coleman High School. So I decided to go up to Central Michigan, um, which, you know, it was probably about a 30-minute 30, 30 commute when I was a student, and I started as his assistant for, for a season, and then I started coaching varsity girls basketball at Coleman. I did that for two years, and I also coached during those seasons when the seasons were opposite. I coached JV boys as well, so I was able to coach while I was a student. You know, I was 21 years old. You know, thought I thought I knew everything, and I knew nothing. Uh, and you know, that kind of got me in uh, coaching. I came back. And a friend of mine, Jay Sletsky, he's not still the boys' coach at Lance Cruz North got me involved with his program. I was coaching JV boys and varsity girls there. I did that for four four years. And then the past 15, I've, I've been at Gross Point South. So we're talking so, about Gross Point South's girls basketball coach and BCAM board member, Kevin Richards. I understand you're the BCAM clinic co-chairman. Can you talk about what those events are like and some of the speakers you've lined up in the past? Oh, wow. Um, well, you know, I have uh, a lot of people helping me. Um, I kind of handle a lot of the coaches with some help. Help And uh, Coach Greg Campy at Oakland has been great help. Uh, Dennis Hopkins, who I assist, he does a lot of the behind the scenes, hotel, uh, dinners, banquet uh, organization. But I, I kind of form the lineups. Um, you know, we try to have a variety of line, you know, speakers um, in the past. You know, we, you know, Tom Izzo is always willing to to speak this past year. Uh, Juwan Howard was uh, spoke for the first time in Michigan. Uh, we've had, you know, Bob Huggins. We've had um, Nate Oates, who's, not, you know, former high school coach at uh Romulus won a couple state titles there, and now he's at Alabama. Um, we've had Porter Moser that now at Oklahoma that took uh, Loyola to the Final Four. So we, we get coaches from all over the country uh, to come in. Uh, Kim Barnes Arico is, is always a great participant. Um, she's always there. If I need somebody, she I can really count on her. So we, we've had some great in-state coaches uh, speak. Um, so we try to have, you know, anywhere between nine, you know, 10 to 12 coaches, uh, you know, on a Saturday and Sunday and, um, the, a lot of the local NAIA schools, uh, do a great job. We've had Rochester, uh, we've had Spring Arbor. Um, so we've had some really good NAIA schools that come and do a lot of the demo work. Hey, well, we'll have to get LTU over there soon. Yeah, too. no, and, and we've <laughs> had them with uh, with uh, our shoot-away 
they've we've had them come and do a lot of our our shooting demonstrations so we've had Lawrence Tech there for sure good glad to hear it as a coach each week we also ask if you guys have some advice that you'd like to share to young coaches getting in the game and getting out there and I know you've had teams that made runs all the way to the state finals and then there's been of course seasons where it's a struggle and it's not that same way and yeah. this has been kind of a tough start for your Gross Point South team and yeah. can you talk about how you go about trying to keep a team motivated in this type of year? It, I mean it's hard it, no question uh, you know we had we had a really good team last year. Unfortunate, we had some for, unfortunate injuries where we thought we really could have, you know, got back to the Breslin Center last year. Um, but we had some unfortunate injuries, and, and but we had an experienced team. Um, but we lost eight out of eight out of ten kids, so it's definitely a rebuilding year for us. And you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, so, especially as an early coach, and I made this mistake too. You know, I, I consumed myself with winning and, and you know, and you know, losing. And, you know, as I guess I matured, I guess I, I like I still like to think I'm young, but I, I guess my gray I got a lot of gray hair now. And uh, but I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, are we competing? Are we improving? And, you know, I, I think it's important probably more so than ever right now is, you know, to understand the athletes that we're coaching and, and develop relationships. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't have many kids on my team right now that are looking to play at another level, you know, or in years past, you know, some years I, you know, we've sent six, seven kids, you know, on and, you know, basketball is not the end all be all for the, for a lot of my players right now and I realize that so I want to make make it a, a, a positive experience um, I want to teach them and, and you know we want to develop relationships where they're happy to come back and visit and be part of our program for future years you talk about a rebuilding year how do you find a leader within all of that to lead your team well you know I'm, I'm very fortunate um, you know, I, I'm coaching my daughter right now, and uh, she's been very invested, and in, in she's a she's a tremendous leader. Uh, you know, unfortunately, last year she was one of, you know, our, our top players, uh, and she went down with a ACL injury, and uh, she worked extremely hard uh, to come back. She made made it back in six and a half months, and uh, you know, I think. A lot of people they look to her because I mean she's she's confident and she's been there. You know she's a four-year basketball player, you know with aspirations of playing in college, and um, she's getting healthier. And I think other people are getting more confident. And um, so I'm very lucky to have someone like that 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 that's helped out. Um, I have I have a great you know I have a great staff with me. I, I'd probably say you know we probably have one of the top. I mean, we could probably beat most most staffs in the state. Uh, actually, I have a lot of my former players, uh, Caitlin Moore, uh, who was an all-state player for me, and she led us to the state finals her senior year in, in 2012, uh, is my top assistant. Uh, Chloe Shrebernak played at Wayne State. She was an all-state player for me. Uh, I have a 
uh, Gatorade Player of the Year, Sierra Rice, who was first team All State and and was uh, as a freshman and sophomore helped lead us to the state finals. So um, I, I have th- you know three other people in it, and and I think it's important you know coaching coaching uh, young women that that I have good role models like them around um, because they do a lot they do a lot of the talking and coaching in practice even though you know a lot of times you, you hear my voice there they they have the voices and you know talking to the players individually or mm-hmm. you know we're instructing and what they should do here what they should be looking for in a st- certain uh, situation um, they've been a big help especially with such a you know inexperienced team yeah, that, that's great, Coach. So BCAM has introduced and officially launched the One Team Campaign in an effort to promote unity among teams, schools, and communities. It is so important. What are some things you've done already or will do, whether it's coming together at games or a community activity, to promote unity on the court and respect for each other? You know, I think I think the biggest thing, like, and, and we're looking to implement it, and, and I'm talking to our athletic director, I you know, I like – you know, just the simple things, you know, I know everybody has their own, um, you know, way of doing the national anthem, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, after having uh, a year that um, was, you know, there was so many distractions last year, and are we going to, play? you know, we're lucky to be there. And, you know, each day that we play, you know, it, you know, we've had so many interruptions even this year, you know, but each day we're together, you know, I really see as things get better, I see a lot more of those things taking off. Um, so, I, you know, I, I look for doing something pregame for sure. Uh, I know, you know, in the past with certain teams, you know, went up to St. Ignace, we've had dinner with, with their team in the past and, you know, I, I would like to, you know, do some of that. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely think it, it's a good, uh, you know, program. And it's something that I think co- us coaches need to continue to push because, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, it's it's about the girls and, and the, 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 the athletes, the boys that are playing. Um, you know, we're there to, like I said before, provide a, a great experience for them. Coach, I also have a segment that I've been doing each week on our Michigan okay. Hang Times women's basketball show. It's my little hot topic each week. Okay. I wanted to ask your opinion on a couple of these. Okay. All so right. the first week I introduced the idea. I know some teams have already kind of started trying to implement it. Shot clock. What do you yeah. think in the world of high school basketball? I, I, I think, you know, I think that's the next step. I think we need to, you know, I, th- I think you know I, I'm excited about the possibility of us moving that way. Um, are there going to be hiccups? And you know, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like change, but I, you know, I think eventually, uh, I think it's going to help with decision making. You know, even though I think early on, um, it, it could be a struggle for some teams and and even some coaches. But you know, I think it'll. I think it could end up speeding up the game. Um, I, I, like I said, I think it's going to teach players to make quicker decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in the long run, I think it'll be beneficial to the game. You know, I know, you know, and I, and I don't think it's going as bad as what people 
think, um, you know, with taking my son's team and playing in the junior NBA and other tournaments, you know, throughout middle school. I mean, we played with a 24 second shot clock and wow. it wasn't, you re- we didn't, you know, it's a fast game, but yeah. we didn't, I didn't really notice that much difference. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just getting the athletes pretty much ready for that next level of play. That's what happens at the next level. So, yes. So, but I think, you know, what the the timing that they're they're talking about, I don't see having a huge impact on the game, you know, maybe at at the end of quarters and stuff. But I, I think that'll be fun for coaches that like X's and O's and can, you know, find quick shots and ways to get get the you know the shot off so my favorite part is i'm hoping that it eliminates keep away basketball at the end of the game i want to see the defensive team who's down yeah. still have a chance at winning the game yeah yeah no question no question and the other and so one that, coach i oh sorry about that no, i had, no, go a, ahead. Go ahead. I had go one ahead. more for you this one's yeah. a little more controversial i know you said some people don't like change this one's a little bit more on that side okay. Okay. what do you think about lowering the women's rim I've never thought of it. Actually. Really? Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it needs to be done. I don't think it needs to be done many times. That you know, I, I think the girls' game it is a r- fundamental game. Fundamental. And, yep. And you know, we're you know, I know, you know, myself and a lot of other coaches that really emphasize shooting the ball. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, I would like to see common throughout all of basketball, you know, uh, the rules, you know, even with, you know, I, I know on the men's side in college, you know, yet they still have two halves, yeah. you know, where, you know, every other game in basketball is four quarters. The women's right. moved to it a number of years ago. And I, and I think that's helped, you know, with the bonus, uh, you know, wiping weight, you know, fouls, um, I think those are some rules that we need to look at, but um, I, like I said, I, I don't think lowering the rims, I don't, I don't see an advantage at that, but that's just me. Hey, no worries. I wanted your opinion, so I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Richards, thank, thanks again for all you do for basketball. We want to wish you a good luck this season. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, and anytime you need something, feel free to give me a call. Like I said, I'd, I'd love you know, love to come on. I love to talk basketball. I love what you know state champs does for BCAM, and uh, hopefully you'll have me back on. Absolutely, thank you, Coach. Next yes, time, maybe you can bring uh, Lamelo with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Take care. Thanks, Coach. See ya. Hang time is also brought to you by the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards. Are you an elite student athlete with good grades and represent leadership on your team and community? Six female student athletes will win $1,000 in scholarship money. Girls basketball players are always represented at the award. Just last year, Three Rivers' Callie Havlin, Byron's Sarah Marvin, Marion's Shannon Kennedy, and Farmington Hills' Mercy's Julia A. Roll were all nominated. You could be next, but you cannot be nominated unless you apply. Download the application at dacathleteoftheyear.com and send it in today. The deadline to apply is March 4th with a red carpet at the beautiful Detroit Athletic Club in downtown Detroit hosted by state champs in early June.
One more partner to recognize is the Goodman Acker Law Firm. During the most difficult times of your life, at Goodman Acker, you work with the same attorney and team the entire length of your case. They fight for you just like they would a member of their own family. Experienced, ethical, aggressive. Mention you heard about Goodman Acker on State Champs and they will provide you with a free assessment of your case. Goodman Acker, good decision. Call 1-800-TRUSTED. Once again, we thank all of our partners in supporting State Champs W Hangtime Michigan podcast. For the final time this year, we'll have some rankings talk with Matt Mowry. Matt is heading back to the Oakland Press for a full-time position next week, so this is our last chance to talk with him. Matt's final top 25 rankings can be found on State Champs W website, statechampsw.com. Congratulations on the new job, and thanks for everything you've done with State Champs over the years. Okay, well, Matt, thank seriously. you for having me on one last time. Thank you. Seriously, before I start crying, we, we have to get into it. Okay, let's start, Liz. <laughs> Matt, we had some upsets last week, and that yeah. means we had some shakeups in the top 25. Go ahead, get right into it. Yeah, well, uh, we had, uh, I think, number five, number seven, and number eight all lost last week. So there was kind of a slide of like the the back half of the top ten. Uh, Heartland lost to Howell, and if you, if early on in the season we noted that the three. Uh, KLA West teams in Livingston County, Heartland, Howell, and Brighton have basically just beat up on each other over the last four or five years and really nobody else. And it's yeah. been kind of that way already this year. Howell knocks off Heartland. So that was Heartland's first. I was surprised by that season. one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was the first regular season loss for Heartland in a couple of seasons at least. But, but Howell has been right there. They've got Maeve St. John, who's headed to Northwood, who's been their kind of lead dog for a while. She came up as a freshman. She's been their point guard. That's one of those things, kind of like a quarterback in football. When you got their point guard coming back for their senior year, that's always a dangerous team. Not, just enough weapons around them. It's going to be interesting. That bumped Howell into the rankings this week. Um, but that's another one where it may not last a tremendous amount of time because they've got a big test later on this week against Brighton. So it, it's one where, you know, you might jump in for a minute but not stay there, kind of like those Lansing area teams. And, and that segues right to the next one. Defending D2 champion Portland lost to their big rival, Lansing Catholic. That's a team we've been talking about a lot already this season. Lansing Catholic unbeaten. Um, they'd been an honorable mention. We had to bump them into the rankings as well after a three-point win over Portland, which ended uh, Portland's unbeaten season, um, but, or at least the unbeaten portion of it. And and then another one over on the west side was we still kind of have that sorting out process of the top teams in, in the uh, OK conference with Rockford uh, losing a, a – not quite as close as those two we just talked about. They lost to Hudsonville 62-48 as Hudsonville kind of establishes itself as really the, the premier team on the west side of the state. Obviously, they're the defending Division One champ, so that's not unexpected, but uh, it's kind of interesting to see as a kind of jockey for position. This week already, by the time we filmed this, there have already been some upsets 
this week as we had uh, Midland Dow go to uh, Frankenmuth and get knocked off by uh, number 15 Frankenmuth in overtime. That was Dow's first loss of the season. Um, it'll be so it'll be interesting, you know, kind of the the fallout from that. Dow had been one of those teams all season long that had been looking like a contender, and certainly this doesn't eliminate them from contender status, but uh, just really establishes that. Frankenmuth is an interesting team because they've got uh, Lexi Boyk, who's going to Central, who got injured in the first week of the season. So it was going to kind of be interesting to see how how long they were going to be able to kind of stay afloat without her. And obviously, it, this proves that that's not just a one-person team there at Frankenmuth. That's that's a very talented team that they still have, even with her in a, in a walking boot. So one of the games we'll be covering this week is Marion hosting Divine Child Thursday night. Longtime head coach Mary Ciceroni is going for win number 700, but they'll have to be a surging Divine Child team who already beat Marion once this season. So what do you say about the rapid rise of Divine Child Falcons? Well, Divine Child has been one of those programs, and we kind of talked about this over the last couple of weeks, that they hadn't really been in the mix in the Catholic League for about three or four years. It had really been a two-team race between uh, Mercy and Mary and, you know, obviously those those two longtime rivals battle it out and they kind of traded back and forth. Marion would win the regular season title in the Catholic League and Mercy would win the, the tournament title or, or vice versa. And really Divine Child had been kind of the third wheel in that, even though they've got a long tradition um, of being a state contender it really they hadn't been on that level in a couple of years so it'll be interesting to see because it's kind of a little bit of a difference in style obviously marion's got the bigs with 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 their two six foot three players inside divine child may have the edge on the perimeter uh with kennedy blair that's that's one of those where we'll kind of see which style ends up winning out and, and as you said it could be a, it could be one of those milestone games for mary cicerone Inevitably, if she wins it, you know, Thursday or if, if it ends up being a game next week, Mary's reaction to that is going to be, nah, she just doesn't. It's not, it's one of those things. If you, if you knew, if you know Mary, she's just, sometimes she seems like she's more upset after wins than she is, you know, when, when they lose. She's just, she's a perfectionist and she's one of those people that her milestones don't mean a whole lot. What she'll be happiest about when they win that next game that becomes number 700 for her, specifically if they win against Divine Child is, this would put them right back in the Catholic League race. And I'm, as I'm sitting here, I tell you, that's going to be the reaction that she has. She'll be more interested in talking about that aspect than she will be, you know, the 700 aspect. As she mentioned last week in a couple of stories uh, that, that people talked to her about this milestone coming up, 700 to her just means she's been there a long time. And, yeah. you know, really, it's, it's more for her, it's more about, you know, having this senior class that, that she's very fond of. There, there was a time six or seven years ago before their 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 back-to-back state championship runs where she thought she was going to hang the 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 clipboard up then just because it wasn't it wasn't as fun to her as it had been and then she had the thomas sisters come through and she had a a core group that that ended up winning two state titles back to back and that kind of rejuvenated her and and it added another five to six years onto her her legendary career but you know as she said 
the 700 to her is just about longevity. The, the part that will matter is how she's impacted lives of countless young ladies that have gone through that program and turned out better people than when they joined her program. That's what's important to her. And truly, I mean, that's kind of really what this is all about, isn't it? The educational athletics is supposed to be about making some of these, you know, turning out better people and better citizens and better, you know, workers and all of that kind of stuff. And that's really what Mary is going to worry about. So I'm calling my shot. That's going to be her reaction. She'll probably just go, nah, and then move on to the next question. I agree, though, Matt. I always say the dorky ball is life, but it really yeah. is because basketball, everything that you learn in basketball, it translates into real life and ball is life. But Matt, Absolutely. really quick, uh, anyone else kind of on that brink of making it into the top or anyone else you want to shout out? Uh, East Lansing, we've been talking about for a while, you know, kind of as that, that CAC uh, blue division shakes out. DeWitt's probably going to pop out this week. They lost to Holt um, on Tuesday, so they may be pop out. East Lansing may pop in there. Edwardsburg um, kind of is rolling under the radar. They've been a program that's been very good in the regular season and haven't had tremendously deep postseason runs in Division Two. They're 9-0. and They just knocked off. Um, a fellow unbeaten in, in the Wolverine Conference. Um, Tecumseh is right there. Probably Utica is one of those that kind of keep it an eye on just because they've got a very good record, but it is in the MAC White, the second tier of the MAC. They're going to face Lance Cruz North here uh, this week, I believe. Um, so it, it'll it'll be if that that'll be one. If the Utica can can knock off Lance Cruz North, it'll probably knock. Uh, Lance Cruz North out of the rankings and Utica will take their spot. That's kind of one that I'm keeping an eye on this week, along with, you know, the East Lansings and Hazlitts and those kind of teams that we've uh, been watching all along. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Good luck with everything, and thanks so much for all of your service over the years. To State Champs audience, you will be missed for sure. We're going to miss you a lot. So you can check out Matt Mowry's girls' basketball rankings on the State Champs women website, statechampsw.com. That's all the time we have for this week's State Champs W Hang Time Michigan podcast. For Lexi, I'm Elizabeth, and we'll talk to you next week.